This is Danny Jolkin, and you're listening to the Level Flight Podcast. Welcome into a special edition of the Level Flight Podcast. We weren't expecting to record today, but when big news happens, we we got to jump on. We got to get there, our thoughts out. So Brian is joining me today. Elliot, unfortunately, unable to join us. You know, this is a little spontaneous, but the Winnipeg Jets have acquired Sean Monahan in exchange for a 2024 first round pick and a 2027 conditional third round pick. Brian, how are you doing and what are your initial thoughts? Uh, I'm doing all right. I wasn't anticipating the uh, the news barrage today out of the NHL. Um, but, you know, it's one of those situations where I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about the deal. Um, it's very like the, the 2027 pick. Uh, it's very conditional based on how I feel about this. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I agree that the condition we should say right off the hop is if the Winnipeg Jets win the Stanley Cup this season then a the third round pick will go to Montreal, which is pretty like inconsequential. Like if they win the Stanley Cup, who cares? No one's going right? to care. So, yeah. So it's really, in, in my opinion, it's really just Sean Monaghan for a first. Um, that's how I'm viewing the deal. I'm not even like thinking of the conditional third round pick because again, everyone will take a cup for a third round pick. It doesn't really matter. Um, but Sean Monaghan, Montreal Canadian center. He's going to play on the second line. Um, Rick Bonus actually told... I'm not sure who it was. One of the ESPN hockey reporters um, at the all-star kind of festivities that Monaghan's going to play in between Perfetti and Ehlers. Um, so their first practice is Sunday. We'll definitely see that line there, the line rushes. And then his first, his debut should be uh, February 6th against the Pittsburgh Penguins, which is a road game, but a 2024 first round pick. He's got 13 goals this year. He's 55% on face-offs. We can get into that whole discussion. Um, maybe we'll just go there. He, he, he clearly, the Jets have a need at faceoffs. Um, that Vladimir was in the mid 30%. Sean Monahan's at 55% this year. Um, some people will argue whether or not faceoffs really matter. Brian, where do you fall on that? And, uh, and do you think Monahan, if he plays on the second line, if he's there for faceoffs, do you think that that warrants kind of the first round price tag? Uh, I, I'll be honest, like there's very little to me that would sway it to actually warrant a first round pick. Like I understand the idea of it's going to be a late pick anyways, if the Jets are in fact going all in and uh, possibly making a run here. But I I really am not too high on what Sean Monaghan can bring. Like he he does do a decent job on the power play. Uh, he's had some very rough line mate co- combos this year in Montreal on a very bad team. Um, he's been with Josh Anderson and Joel Armia for a lot of uh, this year. And um, let's let's just say if, I think it'll benefit him greatly to you know pair him with uh, a Cole Perfetti and a Nikolai Ehlers instead of Josh Anderson and Joel Armia. Um, and yeah. I think 
my issue with it is just like it's 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 such a big price tag for a guy who's having his first really good season in the last few years. That being said, the biggest win out of all this is if he is trusted enough by bonus that he starts playing the second line more. Uh, as you said, he's good on faceoffs, um, which is something that bonus has definitely sort of highlighted as a strength that they need to work on. Um, he also has a lot of, you know, value on the power play. And I'm still of the mindset that the power play isn't personnel uh, in terms of the issues. It's based on, uh, you know, tactics and everything that they're sort of putting into it. That being said, it doesn't hurt to have a guy who excels in the power play uh, to add into one of those units. Um, but no, I, I, I like the idea of what they're going for here and they are addressing a need. Um, but I do still think that there were other names out there that would have been a better fit. Uh, but it is nice to see them getting ahead of it and still leaves them time to address other needs like a, um, a better, you know, top four defensive defenseman on the, the right side there. Um, which we'll see if they address that. Yeah, I agree with what you said. I mean, they, they clearly think at least Rick bonus does that face-offs are a huge issue. Um, they're one of the worst teams in the league in the dots. So them acquiring a face-off guy, them getting help offensively. And like you said, the trust that could go along with this, having him in between Perfetti and Ehlers on that second line, maybe giving them more opportunities to start in the offensive zone because they're not throwing out a guy with a mid thirties uh, in the face-off percentage. Right. So um, we we've got his evolving hockey card up here. And as you can see, he's slightly above average offensively in terms of like point production. Um, a lot of it comes on the power play, which he's really good at. And the Jets have really struggled at. So that again, addresses a need the defensive metrics. I'm I, this is where I'm willing to wait and see, because as we know, the jets are one of the best defensive teams in the league. They have one of the best defensive systems, Montreal. You could not be more opposite in that, in describing their defensive systems. Um, and a lot of the time there's like team effects when those things are brought up. So I'm willing to wait and see how Sean Monaghan looks, use a bit of the eye test and not just take that expected goals against um, number for what it is uh, with perfading Ehlers. Anyways, he's going to be more of an offensive minded line. Like that's going to be their scoring line. Lowry's line and Shifley's line are going to be asked to do the, the heavy bulk of the defensive matchups, but I'm not, too scared at the bad defensive analytics. I don't know if you agree with that. I just, he, he plays for Montreal. They're a bad defensive team on arguably the best defensive team and best defensive system in the league. Those numbers are going to creep back up to at least league average. I would think. Well, yeah, I think the thing is with, with those numbers is, yeah, I think they're, you know, deflated a little by the, the Montreal, you know, effect. Uh, yeah. But I mean, to be honest though, he's never been a great, defensive center uh even in his calgary days he was uh, a little bit lackluster in that area um but as we're seeing um there is a benefit of whether or not you are a good or a bad defensive player you're getting that benefit from the bonus system um i'm not sure how much it will you know really raise it it probably won't lower it though and i think that's that's the key it won't get worse yeah um but i think we're gonna need to really wait and see here to figure out exactly how he looks in the system and how it's going to take him a little bit to get into it, obviously. Um, but doing uh, a full month early uh, before the deadline, you get a full extra month of sort of integrating him into these systems for a playoff run. And I think that 
uh, bottom line, this is a symbol of sort of confidence because there was a point where Sean Monahan uh, was the second best asset on the market when everything was all set. Everyone knew that Montreal was going to be rough. From the second that the season started, Monahan was a guy who was on the list. Then Elias Lindholm came in and obviously he leapfrogged a little. Um, but you're seeing a guy who was very highly spoken of in terms of him being moved and whether or not we agree with uh, whether or not like he's an impact guy or we could have done better it. The league perception was that this is a guy who is a, an asset for someone to trade for. And the fact that Chevalier went out and did that early is a real vote of confidence in his guys that you have to think that they see this as, okay, um, we're, we're pushing the chips in. Um, now sort of where do we go from here i as i said i still think they need to add something else whether it's another winger to uh bump mason appleton down um or a a guy who can you know slot it on that first or second pairing to add a little bit more defensive impact um which we spoke of on uh um the last one where we both i I know we're both on the chris tanf train um Mm -hmm. but uh yeah i I think it's a situation of Monaghan needing to be seen in the system and integrated, and then we'll be able to reevaluate this, you know, a month down the line when he's, you know, played you know, 10 or so games. Yeah. And the point I really want to hammer home that I really like about this deal is the fact that they did it now, like the timing of it. Um, I tweeted out that if they had made this trade on March 8th, uh, which is trade deadline day. So like say at one o'clock, they, the, buzzer hits Winnipeg has acquired Sean Monaghan he would have had 20 games until the playoffs to you know get integrated into the system have those defensive analytics come up a little bit uh get the chemistry with Nikolai Ehlers and Cole Perfetti because they did it over all-star break right now he's got 35 games before the playoffs to get into the system and get right so the first 10 games there will be some growing pains going from a system like Montreal to a system like Winnipeg um but I, I like the fact that they did it now. Uh, clearly, I think I think clearly they were in on Lindholm, lost out on Lindholm, and they viewed Lindholm and Monaghan as the top two center targets on the market and went, all right, we missed Lindholm, we got to go get Monaghan. And I'm not saying it's like a panic move, like they really only just paid a one, which might be a little bit higher than people thought, like maybe a two and a prospect. Um, but again, I think a lot of it also depends on where this one lands. If the Jets get bounced in the first round and this is the... 19th pick then yeah it's it's an, a bit of an overpay if they win the stanley cup and this is the 32nd pick then it's a little bit less right or if they make it to the finals or whatever um i think that plays a big role as well kind of that 12 pick swing and the jets haven't been too too great i mean they took brad lambert at 31 but they haven't been really that dynamic in the later rounds when they do make the playoffs with their first round picks so um i don't hate it i think he's gonna the analytics like we'll bring up his Fresh card here as well um, the analytics don't look great. You looked at the evolving hockey, slightly above average offense, good on the power play, bad defensive analytics. Um, but clearly, as you can see here with this Fresh card, he's having a good year in Montreal. Um, he's finishing at a higher rate than he has in the last two years. And I think his analytics, especially his even strength defense, are going to come up. Uh, so the trust, the timing, the trust that comes with Monaghan being on that second line and more ice time for Perfetti and Ehlers, theoretically, the timing, doing it 35 games out rather than 20, and the fact that I believe in the player 
and his defensive analytics to bounce back makes this trade kind of like a an even like fair trade. Like Sean Monahan, should he have gone for a one? Maybe not. Uh, was the center market thin? Yes. Um, and then again, whether or not he's worth the first round pick is going to be decided over the next 35 plus games and into the playoffs. Um, but right now, maybe it's a bit of an overpay, but he's having a good year on a bad team. And I think those those results could swing. I don't know if you agree with that kind of big summary on the on the deal. Itself. I also I don't think it's a binary thing where it's either it's a good deal or it's not in the sense of yeah. like oh, you yeah. know payment. I think you have to look at it. Uh, you can think that it's an overpay. I think it's an overpay. Um, when it's also, it is one of those situations though, where I can look at this and say, I don't necessarily like the move, but I'm also aware of the fact that there is room for him to Im uh, improve defensively and be an impact guy. And as we said, the real value is figuring out if bonus trusts him enough to start playing Nikolai Ehlers and Cole Perfetti more. And let's, let's be honest, like. Monahan must be chomping at the bit to play between those guys because you're not stuck with an anchor in Josh Anderson. Um, yeah. And I understand most of his production has come on the power play. I, I get that. A lot of his five on five stuff is not what you're looking for, but if he still produces on the power play and like in the jets managed to figure something out, which is an ongoing we'll thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. And he then starts producing though at five on five, suddenly it's looking way better. So I think it's a matter yep. of, as I said, it's a wait and see deal, which I typically don't like because it's wait and see deals are often a, I'm not a huge fan of it at the time, but it could get better. It's never, I, I'm a big fan of it. Let's see if it gets worse. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm still wary of the cost. As you said, like a, a late first isn't the worst thing. Um, but I mean, there's also the fact too, that they still have a very, what's going to be a high second. Um, yes. so it probably only, you know, five, six picks after what you would be picking anyways, if you were to right. go deep into the playoffs. Um, that being said, I think that's now the jets. Number one asset is Montreal's second round pick that they own. Um, and yeah, so I, I, I truly think though that this late first, I, I don't like the first for Monaghan, but it's, it's the value of that is not the highest. Um, yeah. but I, I have a feeling that based on media attention and a lot of what has been coming out of the Montreal camps that it helped drive up the price. I think that yeah. was definitely something that was pushed. Um, but I mean, I, I think he would have gone for a one anyways, wherever it was. So, yeah. uh, I don't, I think it's an overpay, but I think it was going to happen anyways. I also think like the, the 35 games versus the 20 games plays a role in that. Like maybe the price would have come down a little bit had they waited until the actual deadline. Maybe they would have paid like a second and like a C plus prospect, which is a lower price, but yeah. you're missing out 15 games and all that acclimation into the lineup, into the system. Um, like I, I, I agree with you that it's a bit of an overpay on paper um, and it really does depend how he plays, um, where that first round pick ends up, um, and really how well the second line gels together and uh, and the Jets in the playoffs. Like Shifley, Monaghan, Lowry, Nemesikov is your center depth in the playoffs. It's good. Um, it's good. There's definitely better. Could, it could, it in the could West. have been better. <laughs> there, it's um, definitely better in the yeah. West. And I also think I also think you made a great point on them making another move, which could happen like the actual day of the trade deadline. 
They've got, according to Cap Friendly and deadline cap space, they've got $3.2 million. Um, I don't think that takes into account Cole Perfetti's performance bonuses. Uh, so that might be closer to like two and a half million, but that still leaves enough room um, at for Chris Tanev at 50% retained. So um, I'm just saying like, they, I don't think they're done. I don't think this is it. No, um, This is a great first move. Well, great is maybe a bit of a strong word. It's a wait and see, but I think it'll end up being a great first move. If they add a Chris Tanev, if they add a Sean Walker on the back end, if they add a Jacob Chikrin, they take a big swing on the back end as well. Well, I mean, I Elliot did pick be... uh, Chikrin as well, so he did. Maybe Elliot's the the prophet. What was his? He what was his third know. one? It was his third Chikrin. one was Monahan. Yeah, his, it was Chikrin, uh... Monahan, and someone else. Yeah. Well, we gotta we gotta go back and take a look because wow, I embarrassing. Don't know, maybe he knows. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I I I like this move for the timing. The fact that I think the second line will get more minutes and the fact that I don't think they're done yet. Uh, they've got deadline cap space. They can move out a Mason Appleton or an Alex I follow and even have more cap deadline cap space. Right. So I think they're not done. And I think that this is a, a solid first move. Get a second line center. Uh, obviously with Mark Shifley coming back, your forward core is deeper than ever now. And uh, it's a guy having a good year at 29 years old. He's going to play in between two incredibly talented offensive wingers and his offensive analytics are probably going to go through the roof. We'll see how he really fits, but if they make another move, I'm, I'm all aboard. I, I, I like yeah. it. I, I honestly think the best thing they could possibly do is use Mason Appleton in a deal for a defenseman, because you address two things then regardless of, I'm mean, you're probably going to move IFL up then, which automatically yep. I, I like that line better. But then um, Appleton's, you know, let's let's be honest. Like his suboptimal impact, uh, it's addition by subtraction there. And then that fourth line winger rule does not matter like at all. So you, and then at that point you're going to have Baron Nemestikov, someone. Yeah. Um, and I truly think that if you do that, because also one, it helps clear a little bit of extra cap. Um, yep. But then it also it helps your forward core by removing him. And that sounds harsh, but it's true. Uh, like early in the year, he was doing you know really well, and especially that yeah. line with uh, with Lowry and uh, Nino. If you have someone who just has a little bit less of a negative impact, they're going to get back to being a really good line again. But now Appleton's dragging both of them down, and I think that if you manage to just move Iafalo up, like I don't think Iafalo is the savior of this line, but I think he's a better fit. So I, I think if you move Appleton, you move a pick, a higher pick, like maybe that Montreal second, and then like yeah. a B prospect to Calgary for Chris Tanev with some retention. I think that gets the deal done, um, especially because it looks like Calgary's starting to bring in some depth guys to sort of, you know, keep their forward core from emptying. But it's very yeah. clear that they've they've given up. And your your point on Appleton, that line. Like you said, great to start the year. They really haven't been amazing as of late. Uh, they haven't, that pace was unsustainable at the start of the year. Now they're just kind of going along at the pace you'd think. Um, and Appleton, yeah, I would really like to see Niederreiter, Lowry, Ayafalo. I feel like Appleton is a four checker, a speedster, and Ayafalo is just like a better four checker than Appleton. I feel like the, the fit is seamless there and they might, uh, be even better defensively which is what rick bonus wants them to do but there's a lot 
that I think is going to change over the next 35 games. Like, I don't yeah. think they're going to roll with the lines that uh, on Sunday's practice, they come out with the line rushes. I don't think those are like the set in stone line rushes for the rest of the season. I think now yeah. that you have Monahan, you have the ability to move guys around, see who Monahan fits with. Um, and then maybe that third line kind of falters a little bit. So you move an eye follow up or you move an Appleton out in a trade or an eye follow out in a trade to bring in a bigger, uh, a bigger splash in that forward core as well. So there's a lot that's going to happen over the next month. I think, I don't think they're done, but as a first move, Sean Monahan, welcome to Winnipeg. I think this was, this was a good move. I, again, like we've said many times, it's a wait and see. There's a lot of see. things that there's a lot of things that have to go right for it to be a good move. But I think those things are going to go right. I think the Jets are going to make a playoff run. I think Sean Monaghan's defensive analytics will take a turn in this system. Uh, and I think Team the morale, is going like, to be played more. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gaming resources. I, I legitimately think team morale might improve too, seeing that the GM's like, all right, you guys are you're doing well enough that I'm gonna reward you with someone to bolster the forward group. Um, yeah. because I mean you could tell that like last like last year, there were guys legitimately coming out and being like, I, I want to, you know, add someone in a trade, I want to make a run, I yeah. want to do all these things. And then it didn't happen in the the big splash sense. And then obviously we saw what ended up happening. Monahan isn't a big splash by any means, but I mean, he's one of the names that's been out there for a long time where I think that it's going to, it's going to do something for the room to show that the faith is there. And uh, I don't think they're going to falter in the sense of, you know, any sort of culture issues. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, Rick bonus kind of said a few weeks ago, I, I think it was Scott Billick who asked him in a, after a practice, like if you were to add someone to this locker room, are you scared that the the morale fit might not be there? And he said it's on the player coming in to to buy into the room. So it's it's on Sean Monahan um, to buy into that team culture, buy into the defensive system, and I think he'll do just that. Um, yeah. Another thing I want to bring up this is this can kind of be the last point because we want it to be in around the twenty minute range. Last year they traded a second round pick for Nino Niederreiter. Now this year they traded a first. On paper that looks pretty bad uh, for Sean Monahan. I mean, on paper that looks like. Hmm. Nino is like a bona fide top six player. Monahan has had two rough years in a row and he's having one good above average offensive year this year. And he gets traded for a one. I think the the timing makes all the difference. I, I'm a huge believer in the 35 games versus the 20 games heading into the playoffs. And the second round pick for Nino plus extension was maybe Shovel Dayoff's best trade. So I think it's unfair to kind of compare the two. 
Um, but Sheveldayoff, I I've seen some people on Twitter say this. He hasn't missed in what a year and a bit since last yeah. year's trade deadline. Like every single trade he's won. So I think if you're if you're saying that this is like the worst, I've seen people on Twitter, this is the worst trade ever. They got absolutely fleeced. Like I've okay. seen worse. Yeah, relax, first of all. And second of all, Shevel Def has earned the benefit of the doubt over the past month or year and a half, where you gotta wait and see this thing out because he's he's won every single trade. So if he yeah. loses this one, he's still like what five and one. If we're doing like trade board, uh, like the Nemeskov, yeah. Niederreiter, Dubois, like um, he's still he's still way ahead. So does that uh, kind of answer for what this trade is and that it might be an overpay? No, but I'm just saying, wait and see. Uh, don't just rule out Sean Monahan before he even gets here. Is this the worst trade in, in Winnipeg Jets history? It's really not that bad. And Sheveldayoff, uh has proven that he's he's got a decent track record with trades, especially around the deadline. So we'll see yeah. what ends up happening. I don't know if you have any final thoughts to close this thing out. Uh, no, I feel like feel like we've kind of wrapped it up. Like the whole thing is mm -hmm. in a vacuum. It might look bad, but that the NHL season is not a vacuum. It, it's spread out. Exactly. So we will wait and see. Great take. The NHL season isn't a vacuum. I love it. Um, a few things. Since we are posting this today, you did say off the top that there's been a lot of NHL news. Real quick, just to update people, NHL players are heading back to the Olympics in 2026 and 2030. So excited for that. Best on best, Canada versus USA. I'm a big believer in Team USA. Um, I think that if in 2026, wow. I think USA's, I think USA's got it, man. Like the, the rosters are scary. But anyways, um, that was one thing. Todd McClellan, coach of the LA Kings, was fired. Uh, they really sputtered going into the break. They won their last game heading into the All Star break, but I think they went like. Two, they had two wins in their last 18 or three in their last yeah. 18 or something like that. Um, so he's out in LA and uh, I think that's it for news that uh, Gary Bettman is like live at the podium right now in Toronto. So we probably missed something, something. here, but yeah, um, those are the two big things that we've heard of as it's one o'clock uh, central time on Friday, <laughs> just to keep yeah. people in the loop on what's going on. Um, it was a hectic like hour there. Monaghan, Olympics, and McClellan <laughs> all happened, and I was like, "Whoa!" Um, but yeah, uh, I think that's all we all we want to say about the Sean Monaghan trade. Got our thoughts out there. Um, make sure you follow us on all socials at Level Flight WPG, um, and we will further our takes. You'll see articles from both Brian and I at the Hockey Writers on this deal. Mine three takeaways is already out. Brian's is going to be coming out tomorrow morning, so keep an eye out for those. And we will see you on episode 65, it's going to be, of the Level yes, Flight podcast. Next week. Next week. Uh, we'll get Elliot's thoughts on the Sean Minahan trade. He's the one who drafted him in the in our trade draft. So he, knows. He, he might be the most happy about the deal. Who knows? Um, but yeah, we'll have a game to talk about. We'll have a Sean Monahan game to talk about, assuming all goes well in the two practices. And uh, yeah, we will see you next week, episode 65. Winnipeg Jets acquire Sean Monahan. Check us out at Level Flight WPG for more, more hot takes on the deal. But thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. You're listening to the Level Flight Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network.